Welcome to Time Sync. This is episode 89. I am the foolish co-host, Amodip. And I am Hamza. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything, dude. What the heck? I mean, you could at least say, like, co-host, like usual. Oh. You're just like, I am Hamza. <laughs> the Hamza. <laughs> so, the reason I start off by saying I'm the foolish co-host is because this is, I have this amazing ability to realize the flaws in my logic and prove as a person, which is a very valuable skill. The problem is, it only happens after I open my goddamn mouth and say something really stupid, like last time. No, that's very relatable, I think. You think so? I think sometimes I am able to like do that in my head, but I feel like I just, rem- I just remember all the times I didn't stop myself from saying the stupid thing. But, so what I'm referring to this time is back in episode 88, we talked, I talked about how like in my head it makes sense that, oh, humans are just designed to live like 30, 40 years max. I think that's the way we were just built. Because like once you're able to have offspring, you're done, right? Once you have an offspring, oh, you've yeah, yeah, done right. your evolutionary purpose and you've, you move on from the, from the mortal realm. Except, like, a- as I was editing, I was like, this is stupid. Because, like, this two pieces of logic could easily just destroy this entire argument, basically. The first piece is the fact that, like, and it's the most obvious one. I don't, think, like, I don't know how I didn't even think of it until afterwards. You can have multiple kids. You can have multiple offspring. Like, just because you had the one or the two, like, that doesn't mean anything. You can just, especially the male side of the equation, you can have them until you drop dead. So, like... It's evolutionarily beneficial to live as long as you possibly can, because then you have more chances to have offspring, which improves your chances of, you know, keeping your DNA in the system. So, of course, humans aren't built to design like, oh, after you have one kid, you're done. Like, no, that's not how it works at all. Is there... The second piece... Oh, go on. Do you think there's some kind of evolutionary thing where they all of a sudden... Like, because right now, like, if there's not that many humans in the world, it's okay. Like, I mean, we can sustain ourselves. But then they'll, uh-huh. we'll get to a point where there's just too many. And then there's like now it's too many, overpopulation. Right. So is will evolution be like all right? We need this. We need to slow. We need to slow everyone down now. Just be like, I don't think so. No. I did not. Nah. I feel like evolution just like it's one of those in my head. Evolution is like a greedy algorithm, where it does like the best it can in the small term. Long term doesn't care. I think it's it's funny because people when you think of evolution, you usually usually you think long term. But I think evolution itself, like on the scale of evolution, the changes that happen are short-term changes. And they just add up to like long-term survival. But I don't think overpopulation is one of those things that can be considered. This is that overpopulation, evolution fixes overpopulation in the sense that if, a, if, there's, a, if there's an envi- environment where there are too many of X species, the quote-unquote evolution, because evolution just means change. It's one of those things that people confuse like, oh, evolution is like, the like the the biology changes. That's not true. It's just like change in an environment or of a species is enough to be considered evolution. The evolution is that that species dies off until they're back to a normal population size. That's that's the evolutionary solution. It's not like oh he, like the species evolves to have less kids. No, it's just they have more kids. Whatever, just most of them end up dying, and evolu- that's the evolution solution. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose also we'll probably never know if it's such a long term, right? Like, uh, like one day humans will wake up with wings, because that's just kind of how it is now. Yeah, it is kind of disapp- like it was very disappointing when you learned that evolution just kind of means like a change. Because I remember hearing like, oh, fish are evolving to be smaller, and it sounds like, oh wow, it's so, like somehow fish or nature has this intelligence of like smaller fish live longer, so smaller fish is a better thing to be. But that's not how it works at all. It's just Humans catch big fish. Big fish have less kids because they've been caught and killed. Therefore, smaller fish have more kids. Therefore, smaller fish are more common now. That's it. That's evolution. The fish didn't do anything. It's the human involvement that basically just caused this evolution to occur. That doesn't even sound like evolution. That just it sounds, doesn't, that but just it is. But biologically, like, like the ecosystem a, doing what it's doing. Yeah. But that is. That's what evolution is. Evolution is just the ecosystem doing what it's doing. Oh, okay, we're well, no, talking and, about that weak and evolution. And things dude. change talk, over talking time. To, talking about the real evolution, you know what I'm saying? Well, the real evolution stand up. Like, like, because it's, like, you know, like, I'm thinking of things like mutations more. Like uh, Exactly. Uh, Everyone uh, thinks evolution is, like, a genetic change. So that's the kind of evolution that I, even, that I even care about. Like, you know, like, okay, after, like, 10 billion years, we wake up, and then rhinos are now the dominant species. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever it might take, at some point, something's going to happen, right? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Where it's always like 
someone's like, oh, X species has evolved. It's like, oh, really? Like, what, what, what have they evolved into? Like, what is the new trait they have? And it's like, oh, it's because humans did X, Y, and Z that we killed a bunch of these. Now this is more common. It's like, oh, okay. I guess that's technically, it is evolution, but like, come on. I want to be like, oh, this species changed color. Like those, do you know what those moths that like normally, because normally we think of evolution, we think of evolution like on the very, very long-term scale from a human speed, like lifetime scale, right? Yeah. But there's like, there are cases of like rapid evolution, I guess you could say. There was a species of moth that was like all white. Like they were pure white. And or was it, shoot, was it white or brown? They were a color that made them hide in their environment very easily. I want to say they were white. And then the Industrial Revolution happened. And it shot a bunch of soot and extra ash into the air. And you can see, like, within a human lifetime, that they went from all white, or whatever color it was, to spotted. They became spotted with, like, black spots. Because just the environment was covered with black spots. And then as time went on, they went from spotted black to more spotted black to just being black. But then enough humans complained about all the certain ash in the air that like regulation was put in place on how much certain ash th- those factories could pollute basically. And then you can see those exact same moths go from, they go from all black to like, Oh, now they got white spots. Oh, now they got more white spots, bigger white spots. And then they went back to being all white again. Like you can eat like within a human lifetime. You can see this project, this change of like white slowly up to black, slowly back to white. As like the environment changed around them, so there are some more interesting cases of evolution like that. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's that's cool. But you know, it's uh, you know, color changes are. Uh, you you want like claws? Yeah, I'm talking. And I'm like, talking like physical characteristics, <laughs> like they become totally different. Like they can they can like, they can swim and they can walk on 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 land or something. You know. I was so surprised to learn like, cause I, I was always wondered why why is it that dogs can swim so easily, or like they just know how to swim. Whereas humans, like, we just don't. You have to, like, learn to swim. And it's like, oh, it's just because it just so happens the motion a dog makes when walking on land is close enough to the motion required to swim. And that's it. So from a dog's point of view, he's just trying to walk, essentially. And that's but the way dogs walk in water causes them to swim. Mm. And it's like humans just aren't built that way. And most apes aren't, apparently. Like, if you throw an ape into water, it just sinks like a rock. It's like the way we're... The way our skeletal structure is in the, our locomotion, this doesn't make it easy to go from land to water that, is, that much. You have to like, learn this whole new form and technique. Yeah, I would find it. I don't know. I don't know if this even makes sense, but I would find it evolutionarily beneficial for you to be able to like breathe underwater. I don't know, right? Isn't that kind of like a thing? Like, I think it's one of the things like evolutionarily beneficial. Like, there's a lot of things, right? Not having back pain would be a great evolutionary benefit. Like, every human being, I feel like you reach an age and, like, you you experience back pain. I feel like evolution should have, like, got rid of that. Sure, but, or you like, know, I'm not there yet, so I don't care about that, you know? <laughs> I'm, talking about, I'm talking about things that affect me, not all. <laughs> I'm talking about things that are superpowers. But some of the things, like, there must be a trade-off, and evolution just didn't consider that trade-off good enough. Like, I assume it must be, if I had to guess, most humans live inland. They aren't near, they aren't that near large bodies of water. And there wasn't really a benefit to being in a large body of water. Therefore, why breathe water? Although whales, whales are like that. Whales are weird, right? They they went from, they aren't evolved from fish. They went from like fish to living on land to being air breathing to then going back into the water yeah. or something like that. <clears throat> I always feel like with evolution, you can never, you can never guess of why it's, or you can never guess like why someone's at a certain state. Like, you just don't know. Like, half the time, you just yeah. don't know why it happened. It just happened. You just can't know the why. Yeah, we know this We know this. Like last episode, too. Where it's like, the why would we probably realistically can't even know. We can just hypothesize. But there's no way to conduct experiments because that would require, like, a time machine, I guess. Or just an insane amount of time from, like, generations of researchers. And and to me, it's interesting because we're talking about humans having, like, how, how like, their age range. If it's evolutionarily beneficial to have, like, I mean, is it, I don't know what the word is, like, is it, is evolution trying to, you know, max out the number of children? Is, is that what it's trying to do? It's trying to, it's trying to, trying to have, you have as many kids as possible as you want? Is that what it's trying to do? Because if that's the case. Well, well, first of all, evolution doesn't want anything. It's just a thing that happens. But yeah, basically, 
it's essentially if the concept of. If it doesn't want anything, of, then they shouldn't. Doesn't shouldn't matter. There's so many things that shouldn't even matter. But why does it choose to like have those things? You know. What do you mean? Survive on, right? Yeah. Okay. That is it. It's one of those weird things where it's like, at some point, survival became an intrinsic desire for a living creature. And so that creature tried to survive, had offspring. Those offspring, those offspring, possessed the same drive to survive, and that just ticked forward in time to eventually. There are, as far as I'm aware, there are no animals or anything on the planet where it's alive and just doesn't want to be. In a, like it has no stri- it has no strive to survive. I don't know how many humans you've met, Moldy. <laughs> it's called depression. Listen, I I I know depression's a thing, but I mean like from a species scale. What an an entire an entire species not wanting to live? Yeah, like an entire species is like is indifferent to being alive. Like I don't think that's a thing anymore because like evolution weeded that out. Mm. Was that ever a thing though? Probably there are probably like you know, single cell well, organisms are just there's, no way, just there's no way to know that though. I mean, like there's, there's probably a lot of things, right? But I guess what I'm saying is, uh, if if the reason if you want to have a lot of kids, I mean if evolution wants to survive the fittest, then yeah, you want the most possible, right? Then why not? Why like why not like almost incentivize having a lot and then long ages and stuff like that and long births and long or short births? I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it does seem like that doesn't that doesn't happen. It should be more efficient, right? Like it feels like it should be better than what we currently have, especially considering the fact that like childbirth is like so dangerous. Yeah, it's for exactly. humans. That seems really odd. That that's the thing. Must be some. There must be something else out there. Like I mean, besides just survival of the fittest, there has to be something else. Like that's not the only thing that's that's affecting this. Mm. Although to be fair, uh, another the second point that I mentioned earlier, I think there's two points that like, very easily just debunk everything I was saying last time. The second one is uh, menopause, because like if my theory is like, oh, you're meant to like have kids and then you just die once you can't have kids, or like you know you you die off because you've had a kid and you're good to go then why would the human body have such a complex series of systems designed to shut down your reproductive system? Like that wouldn't make sense according to like what I was saying last time. If the whole thing is you, once you have an offspring, you can just die. It's like obviously there is a benefit to being around even if you can't reproduce. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so like I said, everything I said, I said, was, I was, everything I said last time, I was just an idiot. And it took me saying it out loud on a podcast for me to realize it. it that was a tough edit, man. I was saying, like, could I just cut all this out? Could I just ditch all this? Sheesh. But like, it was so much of the recording. No, it happens. It happens. You know, we, the thing is, we don't really do enough research and we're not experts in anything. So it's like we talk, we talk about things based off what we believe it to be true. But, you know, we don't really know. Yeah, of course. Also, another thing where I was like, just because it bothered me, I accidentally used the word epigenetics when I meant to say eugenics, which are two wildly different things. Where, uh, I don't remember what exactly it was. Oh, yeah, we were talking about this idea that shows up a lot in, like, media. Where it's like, oh, we want to get rid of a certain trait. So if you don't have that trait, we just, you know, prevent them from having kids or kill off the offspring. Like, you mentioned Marshall. Where if you didn't have magic, if you were born without magic, they would just get rid of you. Yep. So, and I said, oh, yeah, epigenetics. Yeah, it's awful. Epigenetics is not what I meant to say. Uh, it's eugenics. Eugenics is the idea of like, oh, this is a trait that we desi- we we deem undesirable, or like we want to control who can reproduce and have kids because we want certain traits over others. What, what which is, is the horrible thing? What is what is epigenetics? Yeah, epigenetics is uh, it's related in the sense that it's genetics related, you know, DNA. But basically, it turns out two people can have the same DNA, but the way you live your life and your experiences can influence how your body chooses to read that DNA, basically. And thus affect who you are as a person. And that is epigenetics. So you have genes. The genes say that you will be X, Y, Z kind of person. But then the way you live your life and your experiences can influence how your body chooses to read those genes, influencing the kind of person you become. Both physically and like possibly even mentally for all as far as we know. Yeah, so it sounds to me like DNA is not really the, the end all. Like, the, like it's not really the defining characteristics of a human. Then, or it's like because if you, you get someone with the same exact DNA, yep, and then they they end up not having the same physical characteristics. Then it's like, well, 
can't really use DNA as that, you know, that that benchmark. Yeah, you always think like, I feel like we're always taught that DNA is like your blueprint. And like, if you got your DNA, we can make exactly you again. Like, that's not true at all. Yeah, exactly. It's because, and for, for the longest time, it was believed that these, they're called markers. Like, your body puts markers on your DNA. So, like, you have a marker that if it's on your DNA, your body will just stop using that piece of DNA. It'll just skip it. It won't actually, you know, read it and do whatever it's supposed to do. This is also how you have, because like in theory, every cell in your body has the same DNA, but clearly every cell in your body isn't the same as every other cell. The cells in your heart and your muscles and your, your brain, they're all very different, but the DNA is all there. And it's just like, oh, you just have these markers on your DNA that, that tell the cell to only read these parts or to read these parts multiple times to produce more of X. And for the longest time, it was thought that the, the markers you get just through life experience didn't pass on to your offspring. That's why, like, okay, your DNA only matters in terms of offspring. But then it turns out, actually, no, there seems to be, like, some debate over that. Like, there might be some experiments that show, oh, no, these markers can go on to influence future generations. And it's one of those weird things where it's, like, in theory, like, memories in a, in a really abstract sense can be sent through DNA. Because, like, the experiment that I'm thinking of is, like, we got a bunch of rats. We put them in a room. We release a specific chemical odor into the room and then we electrocute the mice or the rats or wherever they are and we just do this enough times until eventually the 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 mice develop a fear of that odor whenever they smell that odor they they're afraid they're gonna get shocked so they try to escape the odor and what they found was that their offsprings developed the same behavior even though they were taken away before they could like learn it from their parents they just knew that oh the smell i gotta go i gotta go away they didn't know why, but they just had to get away. It's so like this learned experience of one generation is passed on to the other without like language or you know mimicry of what the the adults are doing. They just know. Yeah, so it's wacky stuff. Yeah, it sounds cool. Can't wait for eugenics to pop up. You know, slowly. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna acknowledge that one. <laughs> you kind of did when you said you weren't. You're not gonna acknowledge it, but okay. <laughs> that's true. That's just true. We're going to talk about Hanzo's favorite topic. We're going to talk about Pokemon Go again. Yay, Pokemon Go. Woo. Well, do you still do you still play Pokemon Go? I do. I open the game. I catch a couple things. If there's a new, if there's a new Pokemon in raids, I, I do it. And uh, if there's like a research line, I, I do the research line just because it's kind of fun to do the research line. To have an actual goal built into the game. So yeah, I still actively play Pokemon Go, I would say. I was right. I, I open it for like a bit, but that's about it. You kind of already answered it, but I guess I'll ask. So you still have fun playing the game? Yeah, I still enjoy it. I uh, when I was in uh, he tells the truth, England, he tells the truth. No one's no one's forcing. <laughs> when I was in England, I was I was like really motivated to like get the things that you can only get in England, and I got most of them actually. Even the ones that I thought like this is gonna be impossible to get, I would just have to get purely lucky. I got some of those as well, so pretty cool. It was actually like, you know it's exciting when like I looked at my screen like oh oh it's here it's here that. There was actually like a moment of like, ooh. So, I would say I enjoy the game still. Alright, alright. Also, I can't believe you didn't say the line, Hamza. You didn't say the line. What, what line? Hamza. The line you literally say every time I say Pokemon Go, even off microphone. <laughs> you mean like Pokemon Go to the polls? Yeah. Yeah, but I can't just say it for any random reason. It has to do something. It has to do either Hamza, voting or something. I've only ever seen you mention it. For a random reason. <laughs> All you need to hear is the word Pokemon Go. That's it. And you say it. Like, I'm so, like I'm not even joking when I say, like, off microphone. Every time I say Pokemon Go. You just, like, under your breath. You don't even say it loud enough for, like, me to hear, supposedly. You just say it to yourself. No, I don't, dude. You're, that's crazy. Anyways. The reason I brought it up was because, like, like I said, I still play Pokemon Go. And there was an announcement that Dantic made that they were removing a certain feature from the game or like <laughs> a aspect of the game. As soon as you said that, I was like, dang, they, they, they announced they're removing Pokemon Go from the game. It's pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty impressive. Okay, sorry. sorry Could sorry, you imagine sorry. if they're like, oh yeah, uh, our deal with uh, Nintendo fell through, so no more Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Now we got like Digi- some other monsters. Digital? Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, yeah. So, 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 so there was an announcement that they were removing something. Well, what they were doing was they... 
Okay, so this is, this is like the whole like story. Pokemon Go is like a very physical go out and explore kind of game. It's very unique in that way, I feel like. They, I feel like they've made other games like it since, especially Niantic, they've made other games like it since, but like none of them feel, too, feel like they've caught on the same way Pokemon Go did, and it still is in some ways. But COVID happened, and so you couldn't go outside. And so they changed the game to make it easier to play from just your house, essentially. And one of those features was like remote raiding. Instead of having to like go to a gym and organize like a meet time with people to raid a gym, you could just do it from your home as long as like you either had the invite or the gym was on your screen somewhere. And your, your screen can show like up to like maybe 15 blocks away. So it's pretty far, you can see. You don't have to like actually be at the location. But they said when they announced it, that, hey, listen, right now, a remote raid pass is just as good as a regular raid pass. But eventually, we will make it so that remote raiding makes you weaker. That you do less damage in the raid. So you would require more people. So wait, so when did did when did they say that? Did they say that when they when they revealed these remote raid passes? When they revealed it, yes. Okay. So that's some good transparency. That's some good transparency, honestly. They revealed it and they're like, listen, right now, because of the whole pandemic, you have a boost in your damage so that you are on par with someone who is physically there at the location. But that is a temporary thing. And so then they got rid of it. They uh they like relatively recently. They removed that buff. So now you do less damage if you're a remote rating. And then they went. And like, apparently they announced this before as well. But I have no recollection of this whatsoever. They announced, they increased the cost of it in the, sh- in the item shop. For the remote raid pass. How much does it cost? I mean, I don't really know. Uh, it went from... It was 100 coins individually. And 250 if, if you bought a pack of three. These are Poké coins, You know, in-game currency. And then they increased it from the 250 pack up to 300. Do you know the dollar amount to convert coins to dollar? Of course, like all of these games, it's not so easy to get like a dollar amount just because the conversion rate changes depending on how many you buy. If you buy in bulk, you get more and you get like a certain amount free add on. So like the cost. Do you know the best conversion rate or like the, or like the average conversion rate? Something like that. Anything like that? Okay, I'll give you the best one. That's easy. I can just go to the shop and just check what the highest one is. It just it just helped to put things in perspective. At the worst conversion rate, as in if you buy the smallest amount but cost the cheapest dollar value, 100 Pokecoins is 99 cents. So like a dollar so for it's a do- Yeah, so it's a cent per coin, basically. Sure. At the high end, if you buy, you can get, for you spend 100 bucks, you get... 14,500. So you get around 4,500 free, which significantly changes the conversion rate. Like I'm not even sure like what that would be now. I guess it would be, instead of one cent is one coin, it's about one cent is... 14 and a half, right? Yeah, no, no, 14 and a half. 1.45. Oh, one cent, okay. One cent, yeah. One dollar would be, yeah, 145. So yeah, so you get like, so it goes from one cent, one coin to one cent, 1.45 coins. So this thing goes from essentially, I'm going to do the one cent to one, one cent to one coin conversion because one, it makes them look the worst and two, it's just easy to do the math. It goes from 250 to $3. Yeah, like very, very, it's like very nothing. It's like nothing basically. It's a very insignificant increase, but it is one of those things that like easily rubs people the wrong way. Okay, sure, sure, but but you know this is not that bad. Like I was thinking something crazy. No, it's not something crazy, crazy. Except here's the thing: they used to give you one free every week, and now they're not doing that either. Okay, so you can only buy them now. You can only buy them now. As far as I'm aware, there's no way to. Well, I mean, to be fair, before you were buying them, but they were, they were free in the shop, and now you you have to buy buy them. Yes. And the only way to there's get no. And how do you get coins in the game? Uh, gyms. That awful gym system, which is terrible. Oh, that's the only way, right? Oh, or, or buy besides, them. Yeah. Besides buying them. Yeah, you have to like put a Pokemon in the gym, wait like a day, and when it dies and comes back to you, which assuming somebody kills it and sends it back to you, you get a max of 50 coins per day. You're capped at 50 cents, essentially, per day. Per day? That's the but weird how thing. Long per day. How long can it be? What if your dude is in the gym for like 20 days? Doesn't matter. Once it gets to the... It's like, I think it's... I think every 10 minutes, it gets one coin. 
and once it's in there for 500 minutes, it, it has accumulated 50 coins. When it comes back to you after it's been defeated and kicked out of the gym, that's when you get the 50 coins. Sounds like it doesn't really... matter if it's there for like six months, doesn't matter. That sounds like a terrible, terrible, terrible system to get coins. It is, it's an awful system. Yeah, it's a terrible system. One might argue intentionally so. Well, honestly, the one the part that pisses me off the most is it's 50 cents, it's capped at 50 cents that a Pokemon can accumulate while in the gym. Okay, that's already kind of annoying, especially because you can't recall them. You have to wait for somebody else to kill them and bring them back to you. And it's capped per day as well. So if you got like six Pokemon in like gyms that are nearby each other and somebody just decides to just do like a full sweep of those gyms, then all six will come back to you. All six will have accumulated 50 coins worth of time in the gym, but you will only get 50 coins because you're maxed to 50 coins a day. No, uh, oh, I wish you hadn't told me that, dude. I forgot how bad Niantic was. Now, now I remember. Yeah, terrible, terrible system. It is an awful system. This is this is why I don't play the game. Like, if you ask me why, like, it's not. Do I do I enjoy cat? First of all, okay, gameplay wise, it's boring. Okay, I'm not sure how people. It's it got better with the fights and whatnot, and the duels or whatever the heck else. But like catch the PVP, and like stuff, yeah. actually and it to PVE. yeah, actually finding the Pokemon in the wild and then just flicking your flicking your the curving the Pokemon. It's like this is not fun. This is not gameplay, dude. What am I doing here? You know, to me, to me, it got boring very fast. And then, and then the all of these other things like oh my god the greediness of Niantic I just just cannot handle it. This is for me it was like I need to put the game away. You know, that is a very strong sentiment online of like Niantic is just considered like the greediest company in the world. No, no, they're not the greedy. They haven't met they haven't met Kings out. They haven't met the creators of Wizard Wizard One One. But yeah, they're they're, they're, they're or EA or <laughs> yeah, but definitely they're 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 up there. Yeah, and like it, the weird thing was that. Some of the changes that they added for COVID reasons have been in the game for like now two plus years, right? Just because like that's how long this thing has been going on. And I forgot that some of these things were like COVID related changes. And so like I, I, I went online and I found like a list of like changes that were added because of COVID. And I'm look, I was looking at them. And I'm like, these are things I just consider part of the game now. And like if they went away, I'd be like, you just made the game worse. Like objectively worse. Are they? Are these changes regional based, or they're all the same no matter the region? These changes are all the same, basically. It's not like oh, this country's in quarantine, so therefore this country gets it and things like that. Ah, uh, because that's that's, cause that's also wondering. Because some countries are doing way better. They're like, ah, okay, there's no quarantine, there's nothing. You're, it's like basically back to complete normal. For them, it's yep, like it makes yep. sense for them for Niantic to be like, all right, for you guys, you don't get any of the benefits because you're all good. But for this other country, that's that's like that's not that's not there yet. Yeah, no, no. They do. As far as I'm aware, it's like an entire game change, or it's gone. It's like it affects the entire game at once. So then the question is, what are they basing that off of? Are they basing it off of like Japan's, like COVID? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet a lot. U.S. I wonder. I actually wonder. Like, are U.S. people the most whales in the game? Like, are they the ones that people they like Niantic really looks at? I want to say historically that's usually the case, where whales mostly come from the U.S. But Story? maybe I'm wrong. Is there, is there data for, for Pokemon Go? Not for Pokemon Go. As far, I, don't, I actually looked up Pokemon Whale data. I don't know if that's there. I just remember seeing other... Actually, you know what? I can't say it's whales per se. The data that I've seen before was just like revenue by country. But America also has a large population. So it could just be like, it's not whales. It's like a large player base that makes a lot of the revenue. Like I said, this isn't Pokemon Go. This is generic mobile game market kind of stuff. Man, I would think China but is like up there. I also... China? I, I don't think you, you can't play Pokemon Go in China. No, not Pokemon Go, but I mean, in mobile gaming, I mean. Oh, yeah, maybe. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would... I w- Assuming the game is able to be licensed and published in China, it's like it goes through that entire process you got to go through with the government. I, th- I imagine it would make a lot of money. Because, once again, a lot of people, and if they spend a small amount of money, it, it, it adds up fast. Same thing with India. India's mobile game market is massive, dude. Like, if you get a game popular in India, you're, you're set. You get a mobile game popular in India, you're done. Uh, but I can imagine, like, China or even India, like, uh, restricting the amount of time you can play in the game or the amount of money that you can spend in the game. I don't know. Or from, like, a legislative point of view? Or from a cultural point of view? No, no, no. From a, from a I, the government says so point of view. Okay, okay. Cultural? What the heck? Oh man, you I still know. play Fortnite and Battle Royale on mobile? Jeez, you're such a dick. <laughs> I don't even know what that's supposed to do. No, I sound like it was more of a stigma. 
I don't know. I don't know these cultures. Maybe there's a stigma against like spending too much money in a game, I'm or just sure. playing games too much in general. There's a there's a stigma against playing too many games in general. Yeah, that's in, like any any culture, which is a good stigma to have. But I mean, I I, mean, I think I meant, it's I think it's good to an extent. Yeah, I meant more of like a legal thing. Okay. Guy, I remember when I went to India, and like everywhere I went, like the shop vendors would be playing mobile games. But what games? And it, PUBG Mobile. It was all PUBG Mobile. Oh, yeah, PUBG was really big there. PUBG I, I thought PUBG is bad there. Is it banned? Probably because it's too much. It was just too much. Because whenever you, whenever I used to search for PUBG on like YouTube, it would all be a bunch of Indian YouTubers. That makes sense. Like I said, it was, it blew my mind. It's because like PUBG is a game you rarely hear about stateside. No, nah, it was Even popular like, for a while, for a long time. It was popular for a while, yeah. It was popular for a, a long while. But like by the time I went, it was one of those it had fallen off, and like Fortnite had taken over by then. So it's like a while ago now. Yeah. And but it's everybody. It's just everybody was playing PUBG Mobile. It was impossible to go to a shop and there wasn't at least one worker who was supposed to be working, I imagine, was playing PUBG Mobile. I mean, you know, you have uh, you have, you have have off times. Probably just relaxing, you know. One guy was playing it as he was talking to us. Like, helping us at the shop. He was like, uh, these, guys, these guys aren't really committed buyers. This is, I, I'd rather play the game. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, the tourists. You know, they're trying to get the feel of shopping in India. But yeah, so it's one of the things was like, it could be just like one of those cases of n- not that the, each individual player spends a lot of money, it's that there's a lot of players in the country. So like one of the okay, I know some of these they they've said like oh, we're keeping it, even though it was a COVID only change, which I like. One of them was like the PVP thing. There's a PVP system in Pokemon Go now because you haven't touched Pokemon Go in like since 2016. 2016 was that when it came out? 2016, right? You don't ask me. How am I supposed to know? I think it's 2016. Yeah, it's 2016 because like the five years just passed semi recently, so 2016. And it was just interesting because originally you had to walk. You had to like walk a certain number of kilometers to be able to access the PvP per day. And like what, you, could like, you could got like a set of five, but you could do five battles and you had to walk again to unlock the next five set. And you only got like five sets of five per day. I don't remember that at all. Was I, was I, playing, was I playing the game back when PvP was there? I thought I played the PvP, but now that you're, now that you, you're saying we have to walk, I don't remember having to walk for that. You had to do it if you wanted to do PvP in the Go Battle League, which is, like, the whole, like, system built around random battles. If you just, like, if... I think it's because when you played PvP, it was just, like, you and I. Where you... Where if you just meet up with a friend on your friends list, you can just do PvP all you want. No limitations. Okay. Also, also, you might be confusing PvP with, like, PvE, which is meant to teach you how to play PvP, which you did a lot of, I remember. No, no, I, I know. That's the one with the, your actual faction leaders or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, actually, you know what? you're right. The first set per day was no walk requirement. That's what it was. Okay. So you could do the five battles, no walk requirement. And if you wanted to do more, you had to walk to get the unlock next. They got rid of that whole entire thing. Now, just, you, just, you just can do all five sets, no problem, in one sitting if you want to. And they said, like, we're keeping that. I guess because it was more successful and people, people engaged with the, the, the Go Battle League more when you didn't have to, like, work to access it but did they change the ways how how how, how pve and pvp works like the fight they made like minor tweaks here and there that's about it the last time they added like you can block and that's kind of it right the, well you have like okay. a special attack and then you can block is that kind of it yeah it was like you, yeah you can you have a special, a special attack now has like a fancy you have to like work for it basically kind of like originally it was just like tap the screen when your charge attack is ready tap the charge attack button and then tap the screen again and that was it then they added like blocking, which you can block charge attacks. And when you do a charge attack, yeah, like basically a mini game shows up. And yeah, if you do well in the mini game, you get more. Your charge attack does more damage, and that was it. Like they haven't changed anything fundamental to the PvP since you stopped playing. So do you play the PvP? No. Okay. I the only time I even consider it is just because the rewards are semi decent. So I'm like, eh, you know what? Maybe I could use some of these rewards. You know, I could use some rare candy. I don't want to have to catch Pokemon even though the whole mechanic of the entire game. I love it. It's like, this is the kind of the game. Here's everything that you can do to not play the game. It's, the, it's just, you know, the, the rare candy makes it easy for, like, Pokemon where you have to, like, work really hard. Or they're super rare. Like, I don't want to have to, like, find super rare ones. So, rare candy applies to all. Just to go back to that sentiment thing, like, how people just, like, dislike Nantic. One of the top comments on, like, this post about, like, oh, uh, what features do you think are they going to keep, and what features are going to remove the, uh, you know, COVID changes? And like one of the top comments was just like, and there were similar comments like this, like, you know, everyone makes the same joke on the internet. It basically was like, in a nutshell, if it's a good feature, they're going to remove it. It's considered gone. 
like this has a, like this is like the sentiment that the player base has towards the company. It's like if they're if you enjoy a thing a change, they're gonna get rid of it. Yeah, hey, I mean, this is too good. This is mainly on Reddit, right? Yeah, it's mainly on Reddit. So I mean, how much can you like? I'm sh- I, not 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 saying that there's not a lot of members on the subreddit, but surely there's mm-hmm. a lot more people playing Pokemon Go that are not on the subreddit. Oh yeah, surely easily, no doubt. So it's really hard to tell what the actual feel of the player base might be. Some people just feel hard be like they just don't care. They just they just they don't care what they'll Niantic will ask them to like sell their first board and they'll be like that's fine with me as long as I can you know cast some <laughs> Pokemon. You know? I still get Pikachu right. Yeah, so it's like I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm what I'm saying is. Is this? Can we consider this like a vocal minority? I think it is a vocal minority, in the sense that like, I think I think you could call it a vocal minority, but I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't the overall sentiment as well. Just because like, these features they are really really convenient as a player, and having them taken away, is naturally gonna cause some friction, and it's not just Reddit. So it's like most social media, I guess you could say, like Twitter, Reddit. Well, they're all the same people. They're just they're all the same people, media. right? I, I this some it's just something that I've noticed in uh especially in, especially well when I first really noticed in League of Legends specifically because what what Riot does is every once in a while they'll be like oh here's a vote on who you want what champion next you want to re I don't know what the term is like revamp or re whatever they basically change their abilities and whatnot and they they have a vote so they have like a top three top four champions and the Reddit sentiment is always like like for example one of the votes that I saw was like oh we're Here's the thing. They're all. Everyone was like, two D chessing this. They're like, we have, we we have a. They're, out of the four champions, there's one that everyone wants to get reworked. Okay, but mm-hmm. they know that everyone's gonna choose this other one. Okay. So it's like it's like like they they know that and then so basically they're like they're like and then you can see people like you know, I don't want to say nominating but like you know endorsing their own champion like oh we want this champion to get a rework because it's been these it's been this long blah blah and then people being upset already even though the vote hasn't even happened yet they're upset that <laughs> I can't believe my champion wasn't picked because you know why of course they would pick the other champion because it's really pop all of this nonsense later the champion that gets reworked is someone totally different like someone that not even close to any of the Reddit endorsements or any like they were totally off is what I'm saying okay okay and you can really see I could really see like. Man, even though there's a lot of people on the subreddit for League of Legends and they talk a lot and they do a lot and yada yada yada, they're really so tiny in the actual number of people that are players of League of Legends that they don't even affect yep. the vote at all. Like, not even this close. So if, even if they complain about something or even if they like something, it's almost like, well, who cares really? Because, you know, it's like you're not gonna, you're not influencing the game. You, there's no way. Yeah. It is crazy when you see like, oh, this, this community has like 100,000 members. And then you realize... That's a faction. That's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, and this league has like a lot of so like people in the subreddit, like three million or whatever the heck. And this is like, whoa. I don't know how much it is, but it's, it's a lot. But this even that much was like, and I was surprised too. I was like, they didn't even. Not only did they, they didn't even touch the vote. They weren't even close to the to influencing it. That's pretty crazy, actually. I didn't think it'd be that high. I do feel like this is a lot. I hate, I hate the term. I hate the term. But I just feel like a stereotype of gamers, where it's just like. Wait, what term do you not hate? What term do you not hate? Gamers? I I I hate the term gamers. Yeah. My God, dude! I don't know what's the, what's the problem, dude. The people people person that plays games, they're a gamer. What else do you call them? A loser? Don't kill me. Cut that out. <laughs> no, it's just like I feel like there's no other medium where that's a thing, right? Like we don't have a term for like people who watch movies. Or people who read books. They no, we people do. People that read books, movies. bookworms. People that watch movies, moviegoers. People that do but surgery, no uses those terms. surgeons. Yeah, they do. Nah, sure, you. they do. I hate you. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those. Th- maybe it's one of those things that like, it's, it's so overused that I just or it's so overused sarcastically that it just has no value anymore. But it's like a sentiment where like people people who play video games online they'll just complain. They'll complain non goddamn stop because it's very loud. Yeah, well, the complaints you can definitely hear. People, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, lots of people like games and they talk good things about games. You know, you always have a lot of people praising Doom games and even though what the heck are the graphics and people praising like, like what the even famous game that I can diss right now. Like this, Dark Souls. Dark Souls, man. What do I do? I want to do I want to enjoy a game or do I want to like die every five seconds? Like you know what I'm saying? Like it just, I don't know, man. The people praise people praise games. Okay, a lot. They will, yeah. People enjoy games as much as they love complaining about them, yes. 
maybe the compl- maybe the complainers are just more. They're very loud. Yeah, they're very very loud. It's easy to notice when you're complaining. It also is fun to complain. Let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest. It's fun to complain about something that annoys you. As long as you're valid, yes. People complain about Pokemon Go, for example. Like I complain about the gameplay. Now, mm-hmm. some people really like that gameplay. Like they enjoy that gameplay. This is the, this is their type of game. That's per- that means for them it's perfectly fine. For me, I complain because I don't like that. But if I complain about something like, for example, Niantic is giving like ten free items for I don't know what the items are every day, and I'm complaining, why aren't they giving eleven? Like that's like, all right, bro, calm down. <laughs> but what if they were originally giving eleven and they dropped it down to ten? Well, if there's a reason, then it's fine. But if there's no if there's no real reason, there's no rhyme or reason. Okay, that's, okay. Like a... that's kind of what's happening now. Where it's like they, they used to give free remote raid passes every week, and then you not anymore, and now you just give like some. Honestly, because pretty rubbish items. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I think it's. I. I don't really mind too too much about the remote raid passes because, to me, Pokemon Go is a is a is a group game, and raids were always one of those things where when you when you get when you get in a raid, there's like a lot of people there and everyone's kind of like you know it's kind of it's kind of an environment. That was a very cool environment, especially back when we were in university, or back in college, when we would just go, we would go to a raid and there would be like a crowd outside the building. You just yeah. know like, that's the Pokemon Go crowd. That that's what, that's what's going on there. Yeah, I love that. That's the that's the one reason Pokemon Go has that's like better than any game that I've ever played, which is like that community aspect is amazing. But you know, uh, the con- if I would even say it's better, even if you don't have the convenience of the remote raid passes. That is a thing in like, game design where it's like sometimes you gotta make things inconvenient for the player. You gotta. The greatest example of this is like Breath of the Wild, where like everybody complains about the weapon breaking. In that game? Yeah, what, 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 dude, I never hated it. I never, it never, it never annoyed me at all. Okay, I'm in the camp of, like, it definitely annoyed me. Every time a whip breaks, I'm like, god damn it. But, I also acknowledge, like, from a game design perspective, that's a great, that's a great choice. Dude, a lot, wait, I don't know what you mean, dude. A lot of games go without, without having that mechanic, though. So, what, 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 what was the, what was the great choice? What was a great? Why is it a great choice for this game? Like, why is it a good? It's a great choice because what would happen is once you get a good weapon, you would just never use anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. No, but that works for some games. But I feel like Breath of the Wild it works really well in that game because like now every time you go into a battle or you're about to go into battle, you have to like do the mental calculus of what this weapon's gonna break soon. I could I could kill this super low level mob with this super OP weapon. You know, one shot, kill it, and be done with it. But do I want to waste the durability on that? I'd rather not. So I'm going to use a weaker weapon that will cause me to have a more difficult but engaging fight with this weak mob. Because I don't want to waste the durability of the strong weapon. I want to save it for an actual strong opponent. That is not what happens. People have... All all that happens is people have the strongest weapons they can possibly have, and they ignore all the low losers, like the low mobs and whatever, because they don't want to destroy their weapons until they get to later on in the game. Normal games... They they have that mechanic where each weapon is unique, or they're unique in the sense that they have some kind of whatever. This weapon will do something on there's fire. There's a trade off. Breath of the Wild does that. Like you, there's two handed weapons. There's one handed weapon. There's one with a shield. There's there's long weapons. Blah blah blah. There's bow and arrow and stuff like that, which is the correct way to do it. The incorrect way is, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean also the other games they'll add stuff like you know this effect, that effect. You know you'll it has this much durability. You can use this. Whatever, whatever it might be, it gives the it gives the weapon a little bit of a more unique flair. And technically, Breath of the Wild does that thing where they 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 scrap that design for the Master Sword. Why do they do that then? Why not just destroy the Master Sword when it when it gets? To, you know? I mean, they basically do. No, you don't, bro. If if it's not if if it's still in your inventory, then it hasn't been it hasn't been gone. You still have it. You... I mean, it's yeah, it's it's the equivalent. They try to mimic the equivalency of like you broke a weapon and you found the same weapon fifteen minutes later. Yeah, that's nonsense. You know that's nonsense, dude. It, it, if the Master Sword also followed this rule, no problems at all. Like, it'd be, it'd be, I mean, it makes sense. But, of course, everyone... Uh-huh. Even, that's why it's the Master of Swords. That's why it's called no, the Master Stop, dude. Even even they know that, oh, no, people people, people want their... They want the Master Sword. We can't just get rid of that. We'll keep that one. I mean, I don't think you could destroy the Master Sword. Like, I don't think that, could, that, would, that would stand. No, that's what I'm saying, exactly. But I do find like a very interesting game mechanic. I, I think Breath of the Wild is a better game because of it. Especially because like, if you're caught off guard by a weapon breaking, which is on you as a player, because it, the game kind of lets you know when a weapon's over to break. It creates more interesting scenarios where it's like, the weapon broke, oh god, I gotta get something else. Like I said, it never, it never bothered me at all because I never 
like but the only problem is you, know, you don't feel attached to weapon and stuff and you don't feel attached to any uh, like yep. shields or any yeah nothing like that which is kind of disappointing you know because you I, I do feel like okay i'm in this world i'm traveling around the world i find this sword i use this sword i forge this sword whatever it should be it should feel like it's a it's like a powerful it's a weapon. part of you yeah and then and then it gets destroyed and you're like well you know you don't i, I end up feeling not close to any weapon at all so it's like uh yeah, that's the trade-off. I do like the idea of, like, like I, this is the character I play as. He always has this shield, this bow, and this sword. Like, that's that's my character. But I think they they really want you in this game to, like, the whole game design philosophy was, like, explore, exploration. So having you with weapons break and then forcing you to, like, adapt to new weapons or go out looking for weapons you want was just, it pushed that exploration further. Yeah, I don't. I I think you're. I think you're. You're praising a bit too much. I don't, I don't think it did that Maybe. well. Maybe because you can explore with the standard weapons that you have. But you can just you can just upgrade them or craft them or whatever. That's still a oh that's, yeah that's the point yeah you get like a like collect resources to upgrade current weapons yeah of instead course. of like every other game does but no 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 you gotta you gotta break weapons but I, again I told you like I I mean I'm I'm arguing but really I I didn't have any problems with that with that mechanic at all. I don't think what would be the downside of the crafty mechanic. I guess other, the issue would be your weapons will get too strong for like certain mobs, and then you have no incentive to ever face them or ever be engaged with those mobs. But then you could you argue that like if you have if you have a strong weapon, you just ignore those mobs. Yeah, and also I would argue that at some point you should be strong enough that you should just have really strong weapons. If you're a, you're a very strong player because you you did a lot of the work to get there, so you should be strong. I know it's one of those difficulties where you're like, oh, you don't want the person, you don't want the player to not feel challenged. But that is, I mean, you spent the effort and the time, you got the high gear, you crafted all that stuff. You should feel strong. If you don't feel strong, then what's the point, right? That's what the hearts are for, right? You get more defense. Like, Breath of the Wild has some like permanent power ups in the sense of like, you get more hearts, you get more stamina over time, like permanently as a character. Yeah, that's a good mechanic. Well, okay, well, t- tell me, tell me this, okay, before we move on from anything. The Pokemon Go features that Niantic, uh, rem- or like made easier because of mm-hmm. COVID and whatnot. Yep. Or were there any features that they decided, or there was a lot of backlash or whatever that they decided to keep in the game rather than revert back? There was the one which I mentioned in an earlier podcast, which was to and to interact with the Pokestop, which is where you how you get items in the game. You had to be within, like, I think, 15 meters of it. And they, because of social distancing. What, what is that in a freedom units? <laughs> 45-ish feet. Okay. Still pretty close. Still pretty close. And they, they doubled it. They doubled the distance to reach because of social distancing and stuff. They don't want people crying around Pokestops. But then, eventually, enough time passed. I'm like, okay, we're, we're reverting that change back to normal. Like, you know, back to the normal interactivity distance. And people lost their minds. Like, okay, okay, well, okay. So wait, wait. So that's the one that they kept at double the distance. Well, the thing is about that one is they they got rid of it. They did get rid of it for a couple of weeks. There, it was back to normal, and there was so much backlash that they undid the reversion and brought it back. So now it's doubled permanently. And that's the only change they brought back. That's the only change that they removed and then brought back. The other ones they've said they're gonna keep and they haven't removed. So there are some that have been like they said like oh we added this for COVID reasons, we're just gonna keep it around now. But there was never any there was never anything that besides the pocket stops where they said we're not gonna keep it, got rid of it, and then people got so upset they're like actually what we are gonna keep it now. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, like I know you play the game, so what? What yeah, this is kind of an overloaded question, but what is the the feature in the game that you hate the most? Like if I, I if you were the dev. Or if you were the ruler, the the king of the king of the world, you would you would get rid of it right away, or you would change it or whatever. Hmm. Change it or get rid of it. I mean, for personal convenience reasons. No, no, no. no this, this, like, this is, it has to be your number one reason, though. Your number one. It's the number one. Easily number one. Easily. Oh, okay. okay never mind. Go ahead. But I will acknowledge before I even say it that it goes against the philosophy of the game. <laughs> At least the philosophy they're going is, for. Wait, what is it? What is it? I thought, I thought, I thought, it's I just instead of the uh, regular raid passes. All raids are remote raids. That's it. That's what you would change, really. That's yeah. something you hate the I most. Don't... Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's the most inconvenient part of the game. Like, yeah, if I wanted to make a, a totally different Pokemon Go game, then like, okay, maybe like make the battles just like the video game, where it's turn based, four moves, 
Oh, oh that's, that's, that's too that much. Gets, that's too much. Yeah, that's too much, right? That's too much. That's like, it's a fundamentally different game then. But I thought I, I thought you would change things like okay, a uh, walk distance is this much, or rare candy is doubled, or you know, uh, legendary Pokemon are easier to catch, or whatever you know. See, the thing is, it's one of those things where it depends on where you live. It's, it's one of those weird cases of this game is actually fundamentally different depending on where you live. But where I live, that's not very much of an issue. I know rural. I know rural. I can't say rural. I know rural players have a bit more of an issue with that, where it's hard to get items. It's hard to get interesting Pokemon to capture that aren't just the basic standard Pokemon. It's hard to get enough people together to do a raid at a location that play Pokemon Go to beat the raid boss to catch the legendary Pokemons and all that. It's all difficult. The entire game is like unplayable, basically, if you live out in the middle of nowhere. But I don't. Well, <laughs> I, but still, I there's like, still rarities, though. There's still rarities, but they're never so, so rare that they're inconvenient for me. Okay, all right. So the only thing you would change, it's just or the biggest change you would change is the raid passes. Yeah, this makes that all raid, all the only raid mechanic in the game is like remote raids, because then like I won't have to like go somewhere to catch the legendary Pokemon. I can just catch it from home because there's enough gyms nearby. But like I said, it ruins that one aspect of the game that feels solely unique to Pokemon Go, which you, which talked, we just mentioned earlier. It was like you go to a place for a raid and you see a huge crowd of people on their phones. You just know, oh, we're all here for the same reason. We're all on the same page. Hmm. I get it. I get it. Which is why I say it goes to kind of the whole philosophy. Like, Nandic is very, very strongly pushing for, like, going back to how it was before where, like, you had to be in person and hang out with actual human beings to do a thing. In fact, I think recently they they, they kind of did a test of a feature, which the way they, they did the test makes it seem like it's okay, but it could very easily cause people to get upset. Where they did in-person-only raids. So there are raids that you just cannot even use a remote raid pass on, even if you have them, if you bought them. You can't use them. You have to go there in person to use it. Mm. So like they're it. very strongly pushing that you have to be, you know, be engaged with your community or your local area. No, I like that. I like that. I think I would, I mean, I don't remember a lot of the features in Pokemon Go anyways, but like, I'm sure I would, if I knew more about PvP, I'd probably talk about PvP more because that PvP is like my jab. And then also trading pokemon i don't even remember if you can do that in this game can you do that you can we, we've traded quite a few times don't you? oh that's I'm right that's you right. forget it's such a long animation i think that's is that why okay but yeah it's it's a uh, yeah you can do that that's pretty cool no but i think i would try to change the like the actual mechanic of catching pokemon and stuff oh like just fundamentally change that like what would you do what would you do if you were the game designer would you make it so you could attack the pokemon it's... and like weaken it or yeah, to me, it's just like, uh, I don't know. Because the thing is, you find a Pokemon in the wild, I don't want to... Well, no, no, no. You know, that, you know what? That feature, is it's bad, but I'm, I'm, maybe that's not it's not as bad as the, the feature that I actually hate. They should get rid... If I was if I was the king of Niantic, I would get rid of all AR stuff in, in Pokemon Go. Oh, wow. Even though, like, I've talked about how, like, Niantic is an AR company and not a video game company. Exactly. All AR is gone. I, I, Honestly, I legit just completely forgot that was in the game. Like, if you ask me to list the features in Pokemon Go, AR would not be on that list. All AR that's not related to the actual gameplay, I would throw out. Because, I mean, it's still, it's still pretty cool. Like, you know, okay, you can, there's a little PG on your bed, and you're like, all right, trying to catch it. That's, okay, that's whatever. But not, like, the scanning stuff. That, that kind of that, that throws me the wrong way. Oh, oh, you mean all the AR data collection stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you would be a king who would destroy your own kingdom, is what you're saying? I know, I know. I know how it is, but if I guess this is, I guess this is more of a, I'd be the wizard. Uh, no, maybe not the king because I don't care about the kingdom. But just like you know, I can I can I can change anything I want. This is what I would change. Okay. Dictator. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> that's actually better. Yeah, you 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 lose money, but that's kind of the whole point. Okay, I thought you because like I know it, it, there's a lot of AR features in Pokemon Go. Like you said, like put on AR mode, you can catch things. If you if you have a buddy, you know, a Pokemon's your buddy. You want to take a photo of it. You can put it in AR mode and take a photo in the real world with it. You can even have multiple people, like, sync up their phones, essentially. with mo- like, like, You can put them side by side and move them in the same motion. So now two people can uh, observe the same augmented reality object from multiple angles. But they, they're really pushing the AR stuff in, like, a really cool direction. But you're right. No one uses it in terms of gameplay. Yeah, and I people get lazy. They don't even use that for catching Pokemon anymore. It just is. Yeah. Like I told you, the biggest problem with games is... Well, for Players. 
No, no, no. The biggest problem is <laughs> the min-maxing, right? Oh, right, right. Like, a developer yes. will spend a lot of time building the game, and they'll be like, yeah, this is the da 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 but as soon as you as soon as you enter the game, you'll think, okay, what is the best, what is the fastest way I can get this X legendary item? You know, what is the fastest way I can defeat this boss? You don't even care about anything else because you don't like. Do I need it? No. Like if you even if you're defeating like um any crazy boss, like even Breath of the Wild, is there any? Do you need to to do to do this 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 before you need defeat him? Do you need the best gear before you defeat him? Do you need to know every? If you don't, then they're not going to do it. Yeah. Which is annoying because it it damages your experience. You know. Totally. There is a great, this is a great YouTube channel in general called GMTK. It's Game Maker's Toolkit, where it's, it's just a bunch of video essays on video game design. But one of his most popular videos, I think actually it's the most viewed video at the moment, was how game designers build systems to protect players from themselves. Because players will suck the fun out of a game if it means that they win more easily. It's like a really weird thing where someone buys a game like I want to play this game because I enjoy it, and they find a system that makes it super easy but ruins all the fun. They use it, they'll abuse it, no problem, no hesitation, and then they'll get upset because the game isn't as fun as they wanted it to be. So like as a game designer, you have to like take steps to like make the game fun for the player and stop the player from harming their own experience of the game. But you have to do it in a in a in a in a, in a, a clever way because, for example, of course. Games that have a lot of a, a lot, all, pretty much most games that you play are repetitive in something in some way, you know, like in they're capacity, yes, like for like they, they call them grinds. Like League of Legends is just literally the same game you play every single game. Fortnite, it's a battle. Every single game is the same, right? Even even in games that are story based, like for example, Wizard One One, it's still the same kind of battle that you have to do every single time. You know, I mean, like the battle circles or whatever, turn-based combat. I don't yes. know, whatever. It's the same idea. I think the uh, the fancy term for it is primary gameplay loop. Like it's a loop. It's the thing that you, as a player, you do over and over and over. It's supposed to be the most engaging part of the game. Exactly, and that gets boring after a while. Straight up, that's just what it is. And you, you realize what is the fastest way I can do this? You know, Toontown had this problem, which still does actually, or does? Yeah, it does. Which is like, uh, there is one gag. If you don't know what Toontown is, but it's like a Disney, it's like an old Disney game. But there is one gag track. It was a Disney MMORPG, basically, right? Yeah, basically. Turn-based combat and everything. Very, very... It's very obvious that that game was meant for a subscription... A subscription-based model. Because they have huge grinds near the end of the game. And, of course, gotta pay that 60 bucks if you want to go to those areas, you know? But anyways, um, one of the gag tracks is called Sound. And Sound affects all of the cogs. Cogs are the enemies. It's the only gag track... That affects all the enemies, uh, not in, not counting the last gag in every gag track, because that also affects all the enemies. Okay, so if you like, if you power up a weapon, uh, like a gag track, a weapon track, all the way to max, then you can damage all enemies at once. For just that one final gag track, for example, I'll give you an example. If you're if you're using the throw gag track, the first one will be like you're throwing a pie, then you're, maybe you're throwing a cream pie. Then you're throwing a whatever pie, like a birthday cake. Then the last one in that track is you're throwing a wedding cake. But the wedding cake will hit all the enemies. Okay. Only the wedding cake will hit all the enemies, not your birthday cake. Okay, okay, got it, yeah. But for sound, you start like with a whistle, like a beluga or like whatever. I don't know, whatever whatever else you do. All of them will affect the cogs at all times. An elephant trunk, for example. And the last the last one of the track will be a more powerful version that's it, like normal. It's like an opera singer, yeah. It's just more strong. It's just more powerful. It will also affect all the cogs, but you know that's all it does. It doesn't nothing special compared to the other ones. But the re- the Toontown has this huge problem, which it still does, which is if you enter one of the dungeons where you're supposed to grind, or not dungeons, but whatever. People, you have to go into groups, and people will literally not allow you to join their group if you don't have sound, like trained. Oh, all the way. Not even, not even all the way. It doesn't matter. But you have to have some sound, and because oh yeah, because like you can only get six out of the seven or something. Yeah, right? exactly. Like it's a casual. You know, every game kind of does that, right? There's six. There's let's say let's say there's seven total tracks. You can only get six out of them. So some people choose to not go sound. It's called soundless. Mm-hmm. But it's heavily discouraged. Not because it, the game is harder for you. It, it is harder for you, but because people won't want to play with you. And it's one of those games where you can't solo it. Right. Yeah, that's debated. I think you can solo it, but it's very difficult, and you and you have to do it a lot, so it's gonna be difficult. But the point is, Tuta had that problem where every single game, every single time you get into one of those battle circles, all you would use is sound. Every single match, every single round, every single time you played, 
Just sound. Sound, 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 sound. Because there's no reason not to. If you had four people on your team and you sound, you will kill all the cogs with whatever level. There's like levels for this. And you just you just win every single time. There's zero reason to use any other gag choice. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden it becomes a problem because what's the point of the other gag tracks if you're only using one gag track? Yeah. So then there's other things you can combat to do that. But I'm just saying like this is a thing where people realize like what why would I waste technically, technically, sound is the weakest gag track because of this That's reason. Okay. That that would be the easiest trade off to make in terms of like we're designing the game. It attacks all enemies at once. But it spreads the damage out, so it does like the least amount of damage to all of them. Which it does. It does do the the does do the weakest. But the problem with that is, even if it does the weakest, and pe- players will still choose to use that because it attacks all the cogs at once. It's less of a mental strain on choosing. Yeah, technically, yeah. If everyone used throw on the right person and and they they calculate everything properly and they did teamwork and everything, they would be way more efficient without it. But no one wants to do that. No one cares about that. They're like, why would I do that? Can just... sound miss? Oh uh, yeah, it can miss. Okay, I'm sure it's one of those things where like it's also 100% accuracy or something. Cause like I know the other moves aren't. Yeah, no, it can miss though. Okay. Yeah, so they did combat that actually. So I mean, at least two times we written started combating that where they're like, okay, well, the highest level cogs now they don't long they no they they no longer follow that formula that curve that was originally going. They're a little bit more they have a little bit more health, which breaks the, like. The sound strategy. The sound rule, though that doesn't stop people from using it. I'm just saying, it's just a. But the point, I guess the point, the point is again the min max it. This is the thing that I think that's gonna happen in any game, every game, because players want to play the game, but they don't like the grind aspect. I mean, they, they like the grind aspect, but they don't want the grind to be too much. Yeah, it's a balance, and I, the unfortunate thing is that it's, it's different. Everyone draws the line differently. Someone will consider X amount of grind too much, and someone will be like, "Oh, that's too little. You can do more." Yeah. For example, Clash of Clans. Like, it, I, I'm playing that game, and it's. You know, when you start playing it a little bit more, you start realizing, wait, so am I making progress because I'm playing the game, right? Like, is it like am I actually making progress because of that? Well, I've realized over the over the years of playing Clash of Clans that I'm not making progress because I am playing the game. I'm making progress because Clash of Clans or Supercell is creating another cl- like another clan. Uh, I mean, another town hall level comes out, and all of the prices get reduced for the lower town halls, which includes me. And therefore, I make progress, like, quotes progress, right? Where I'm not oh, actually making progress. Okay, you're just on this treadmill forever. <laughs> it's like, uh, it feels like I'm making progress, but no, it's just the company makes it just makes it easier for me to get to the next step. But then they add another step on top, so I'm not, I'm the same distance from the top. Exactly. That's me personally. And I think a lot of the players are kind of like me when they play casually. But if you play, like, realistically and you spend a little bit of money every month or whatnot, yeah, you'll get there. But, you know, for people like me, I'm like, I start realizing like, I'm not really... You know, I'm not really playing the game. I mean, I'm not really progressing. This is just the, it's artificial. I guess what I'm trying to say here. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's 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 kind of cathartic to start to think to realize realizing this because then you're like, okay, then you don't like stress about things. You're just like, all right, well, it is what it is, kind of deal, you know. Yeah, you get once you get a peek behind the curtains and you realize how the game is meant to be played. You you, you it's not a mental strain anymore. You're like, okay, they want me to pay money. I'm not gonna pay money, so. That's just how it is. There are ways to combat this, which I've done before. Like it's just rushing. And that's kind of like looked down upon. But, you know, if you do that, you kind of like, ah, I hit the man. But is that really, are you really still enjoying the game? It's, uh, it's weird. Like I said, the worst part of games, the players. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. It depends on the game you play, you know. Definitely, of course. Yeah, I kind of I kind of wish Breath of the Wild was a, like a multiplayer game. Like, imagine how fun that would be. Would it? Yes, it would. Would it? Yes, it would. And there would be like giant raids and stuff and that, you know, guilds and all that kind of stuff. That's what, that's kind of what I'm envisioning. I think it would be so really So what, what do you want is an MMO? That's what you want. This game, this, this, um, this game, MMO. Yeah, an MMO in the Breath of the Wild world. Yes. With those mechanics? With the mechanics, with everything. Is that Genshin Impact? Is what you're asking for, Genshin Impact? No, I've never played Genshin Impact. Have you played it? Is it like that? No. I just know it looks a lot like Breath of the Wild in terms of gameplay. And I know it's multiplayer in some capacity. <laughs> okay, that's like any MMO then. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying, Hamza. What you're asking for is an MMO. A generic MMO is what you're asking for. Yeah, but with Breath of the Wild stuffs. What stuffs? What stuffs any, does Breath of the Wild every, have that MMOs don't? Everything that Breath of the Wild has, you just have that, but you're doing a multiplayer. 
Simple. Even co-op is good. What? You don't think so? Imagine defeating Gang with like a bunch of people. Come on. No, it would just be like a huge mess around the boss. That's how it That's always it is. Would That's be. how it is in every game. What do you mean? It's already a mess. I can't imagine that would be fun. I cannot imagine a multiplayer best of the world would be any fun. Yeah, you're wrong, dude. You're totally wrong. Of course it would be fun. The more people, the better. I feel like they'd have to like fundamentally change the game or like redesign the game with multiplayer in mind for it to work. No, of course, of course, yeah. That that well, of course that's gonna happen. Wait, wait, what do you think about co op though? Co op wouldn't have to change the game significantly. I'm talking about maybe max of four people. I was thinking two was pushing it. What? Why? What are you talking about? I guess it would be fun, but I think it would just be fun because I'm just hanging out with friends. That's kind like, of the point. Yeah. The game isn't the the thing that's pushing the the fun. I think you need to think about this a little more. Sleep on and multi. Well, I'm gonna wait for your response <laughs> next time. Next time. Co-op Maybe back to the world. Make a mod real quick and ch- and check it out and see how it goes. <laughs> there must be. Is there are there co-op mods of Breath of the Wild? I don't know. And people love that game, so they still play that game and they still they still find new mechanics in the game every day. So I'm sure there might be. Do those people need to get a life, dude? Respectfully. And with that, we come to another end of another episode of Time Sync. This is Amodeep signing off. See you later. That was the Hamza speaking there.